Testing, one, two. I'm on, okay. Thank you, Pastor Glenn and Debs. And I just uh, want to thank you for the privilege of coming to this great church. This is a significant church, not only in this region, but in the nation. And when you're within a church and you're you know, coming week by week and you're doing the programs, you don't actually realize the, the outside world to a certain de degree. And, you know, with the fruit, oh, there we go. Oh, nearly gave myself a fright. <laughs> and, and with the fruits and, and you guys, you are significant inputters and influencers and impactors into this nation and beyond. So thank you. And I just want to honor you today. God bless you. Uh, we had a great time yesterday doing Prepare and Rich, as Pastor Debbie said, and we had about eight couples from two churches, I think, in the end, uh, training them to become facilitators. So um, wonderful to be here. The miracle is that they've invited us back. How did that happen? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I just want to share something that's on my heart today. Um, I don't know about you, but I got thoroughly sick of COVID. Excuse the pun, but I, I, I really, really got the cues, the masks, the distancing, the lockdowns. We painted our fence in Papamoa. We just built a house and we painted our fence during lockdown. Never went anywhere. And at times, sadly, deaths. But also tensions within workplaces and families and around dinner tables uh, but, you know, the divisions that it caused. Whatever side of the fence you're on, it was a terrible thing. And I, I, just, I just hated it, to be honest. Uh, one of my roles, I, I, I love doing short-term projects, like popping down to Rangiora, uh, Thrive, while, while the pastors are away on sabbatical. Uh, nothing too long-term. And one of my roles is I manage voting places for the election, which was really interesting. And I did that at the last election, uh, and the by-election with um, uh, the by-election we had in Tauranga. And uh, trying to, uh, it was in Bay Fair. I don't know if you've ever been in Bay Fair in Tauranga, but in uh, Mount Monganui. But there was just, it was like a railway station. There was just queues and queues of people. So it was my job to be a COVID policeman. And I, you know what I mean? Distancing and people bring their voting card and don't come too close. And oh, it was just a pain, to be honest. Um, and, uh, you know, we knew what it was to, uh, to have the pain of that. I want to switch it around today a wee bit, to be, to be honest, and talk about other things that are contagious other than COVID. Things that are spreadable, things that are catching, things that are transferable in this thing we call the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God will never end. It knows no end. It's, uh, it's basically unstoppable. Man has tried to stop this from progressing. And in fact, um, I think in, in the 60s when we had a guy called Khrushchev who looked after um, Russia, he was the premier there, he boasted that he would make Christianity extinct and, uh, in Russia and exhibit the last Christian on television in 1965. My, I, my understanding is there's 97 million people in Russia that say that they follow Jesus Christ. Christianity started with 12 people, and now 2.8 billion across the, across the globe, whatever brand that is, but of people say that they follow Jesus Christ. It is unstoppable. Yeah. 
talk about a pandemic, there's nothing compared to the kingdom of God. What you're involved in is something supernatural, Thrive Church. What you're involved in will never end. It doesn't matter how old and gray we're getting and, you know, um, whether we're going to be on this earth for too much longer. It doesn't matter. Death is a win-win. It's a win-win. You cannot lose in the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. And so I want to, there are aspects of the kingdom of God that I want to look at that are transferable, that are, uh, they, they can be identified as things that can spread like wildfire. Um, if you read in Timothy, you will see that Paul recognized that Timothy had the faith of his grandmother, Lois. And then it was passed down to Eunice, his mother. And then it ended up, get this, in him. It wasn't an abstract faith. It wasn't an airy-fairy thing. Oh, any you know, all roads lead to and all that sort of thing. It wasn't a ceremonial faith, which is a borrowed one. And when we bring kids, kids up in a family, they have their faith of their parents. But our, as parents, you pray for them. And you say, one day, I want my child to know Jesus for themselves. So it's in them. I was hanging around the Egg's fridge this morning. I have, I've had a lifelong relationship with fridges, as you can tell. <laughs> and I happened to look on it, and there was a little magnet thing that, that Jenny and, and uh, Anthony had put on there, and it said, legacy is not what... I'll read it out, actually. You've probably got to read it. Um, it it's, uh, where is it? Legacy is not what we leave for the next generation. It's what we leave in them. You cannot transfer to the next generation uh, airy-fairy sort of ceremonial, borrowed sort of flaky faith. It's got to be in you. Praise the Lord. If faith is in you, you will change the world. You'll change this, this uh, suburb, this, this town of Rangiora. You, change will come when you know you have the faith in you. Praise the Lord. There's another contagion. <laughs> I'm looking about pandemics almost. From the kingdom that can spread and it's catching. And it's something that emanates from God himself and actually is God. It's called love. It's transferable, it's transmittable, it's contagious, it's infectious. There is something incredibly life-changing for someone who is genuinely loved without strings attached. Incredibly life-changing. And I know, um, I know last time we talked about the Bhutanese families that had come to the Lord in Palmerston North. Uh, we talked about that last time I was here. But all we did was just love them. They were worshipping idols, and one of them was a Hindu priest and everything like that. Love broke through. Quite amazing. And they all came and got baptized and gave their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Love has the habit of breaking down man-made barriers and reaching through where other things cannot. It will seek out new life and untouched people. It will boldly go where no man has gone before. <laughs> Heard that somewhere? Just, I don't know. <laughs> but it's so powerful that Jesus said, this is how all men will know 
that you're my, we talked about it this morning with couples, that you're my disciples if you have love one for the, uh, for the other. You know, the early church in the Roman times and the, the not long after, decades after Jesus was here, the early church was known by those looking from the outside of the church. They were astonished, the Romans particularly, um, at the love that, these, that the early church had. They would go out during plagues. They would go out and love people. They would bring people into their homes at the risk of getting the disease themselves. We even have missionaries to leper colonies, don't we, who go out there and they give their lives. It's love that breaks through. And sometimes they get the disease themselves. Incredible, incredible sacrifice. Um, uh, I think it was A.W. Milne, who was a, I might have mentioned it last time, was a one-way missionary in 18... 20 or 1800, around that time, he was going to New Hebrides, they called it then. Uh, and missionaries who were one-way missionaries put all their belongings in a coffin and get on a sailing ship and go. Incredible, because they know they'll never return. And um, he, he went to this place where they were headhunters, and missionaries didn't really last there that long. <laughs> But he lasted there for 35 years and got malaria eventually and died. And on his tombstone it said um, something like, when he came there was no light. When he left there was no darkness. When he came there was no light. When he left there was no darkness. I want to tell you something that the kingdom of God is transmittable and transferable. And it's something that is beyond even our human uh, efforts. We do, of course we do. We give our lives to the cause. We do that. But there is something contagious in the kingdom and in love. Praise the Lord. So um, in the early church, the, they were astonished at their love, but uh, other things like their morality, their, their uh, purity in an impure world. There are uh, lots of things like elevated role of woman, because Christianity frees woman. You find a lot of religions and cults, they actually clamp them down. But, but uh, when people come to Jesus and when, when this spreads, when the kingdom spreads, the role of woman changes. And it's the only really faith in the world that does that. Many of them um, uh, suppress them. They were impressed by their miracles. But let's look at how Jesus handled this hot potato called love. Let's go to Mark chapter 1. If you can open your Bibles, I'll put it up on the screen as well. Verse 40, now a leper came to him. Leprosy is Hansen's disease, I think is another name for it. Um, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Uh, I, I think there was another episode where a man wanted Jesus to deliver a child from a demon. And he said, if, if you are able which is different. He said, if you're willing. He knew he could make him clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion. And I looked it up, what this compassion word meant. And it means to have the bowels yearn, <laughs> which is a sort of an earthy sort of thing. But it actually means something deep within you. That person needs to be loved. No strings attached. Amen. Um, he's... Uh, then Jesus, moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. 
He's willing today. If you're facing some issues, and Pastor Glenn talked about um, issues as well. If you're, fa- if you're online and you're watching this and you're facing some real issues, you can come to him and he can touch you. Praise the Lord. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. I eventually get to titles, by the way. My title today, if you're taking notes, is Love Touches the Untouchable. Love Touches the Untouchable. And if we were to define this word love, because I can say I love the All Blacks when they win. Um, I can say Friday night I'm looking forward uh, to fish and chips because I love fish and chips. You know what I mean? (laughs) But when we're talking about love, we are talking about the highest form of love which is not agenda-ridden, it's not trying to get something back. That is a common human form of love. When we're defining love, God's love, we are saying it is love beyond reason. You with me? It is love beyond reason. Um, And in other words, we are called as Christians to love people and go way beyond reasonable limits because if we decide what is reasonable to love then we can actually get smaller and smaller the world of the generous gets larger and larger the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller we can be stingy with love because we filter out this oh they don't deserve that we don't you know I can't be bothered and I don't want to go out of my way and we have all these objections we have all these reasonable objections not to love a person but agape love is love beyond reason and um, maybe this will blow a few cobwebs out today but you know because sometimes we can put limits on things mother Teresa said we must pour ourselves out of self we must virtually bleed love to the poor and the dying. We are called to love with that self-sacrificing highest form of love that I've just mentioned. There are no strings attached. And when you hear a message like this, you can automatically think, but, but, but. No, no. God, think of it like this. God actually loved you and I. That's incredible. (laughs) Quite incredible. Love seeks one thing, Thomas Merton said, only the good of the one loved. It leaves all other secondary effects to take care of themselves. And I have found that over 33 years of ministry at Life Church in Palmerston North, when you love people unconditionally, something changes. And all the other things you're worried about, the reasonableness, takes care of themselves. Quite amazing. Love them first. Love, therefore, is its own reward. And as I said, many things will come up in our faces as we make a decision to reach out. There are many obstacles that we face in loving people. And in Jesus' case, it was a disease and an infectious disease. And uh, uh, there's many, many things like that that can cause us to say, no, no, I won't go near that person. We all need touch. We all need touch. Human beings need to be touched. Gary Smalley and John Trent cite studies showing that people who experienced meaningful touch on a regular basis 
actually have a longer life expectancy. Isn't that incredible? Than those who don't. I mean, it's good to shake hands and, and make initial contact. Now, Kerry, I'll shake hands with you. Yeah, see, that's touch. It's a wee bit guarded, but it, when you touch someone, it actually confers value. It's, you know, and when, when people are sort of off with each other, they don't want to shake hands. They don't want to touch. And that's the opposite to what we're talking about. But when someone is touched, it's incredible. I have grandchildren, and 10 of them, actually. And um, sometimes they come and stay, and I, we stay at their place. Oh, Granddad, can you come and pray with me, please? This is at bedtime. Oh, all right. So I go and sit down on the bed. And um, Granddad, can you do the Sandman song? Anyone ever heard of that? So I put my fingers on their forehead. I say, hush, here comes the Sandman. Hush. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, he comes and puts sands on that eyelid and on that one, and they get heavier and heavier, and they go to sleep. And their little angelic face, they're not always angels, but you know, <laughs> angelic faces are just, ah. And some of them actually go to sleep while I do it. <laughs> Conferring touch is amazing. And, uh, <laughs> um, and so, um, you know, it's good to shake hands. That's what men do. To have a hug is sort of a wee bit far, but unless they've got fish bait on their hands, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> some people have touch as a love language. Anyone heard of love, love languages? They're in my, more inclined towards that. By the way, we're not, I don't want this to go pear-shaped, Pastor um, Glenn. Um, we're not talking about unwanted or weird touching. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, keep away from me. <laughs> Just in case after the service, we, no, no, it's okay. <laughs> but it somehow pushes past a, a barrier. And I guess in a way, when we're talking about love touches the untouchable, it's a metaphor for reaching out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's actually a deeper level here. I have a, a, a great friend of mine who's a fishing friend. He's in his mid-70s, and his heart is failing him. Uh, even now, we don't know, we might get a call at some stage. Yeah, our daughter-in-law's father, I'll call him Bob, which is a good Irish name, uh, Jeff. <laughs> Lost at sea, Bob. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> Ralph, stop it. But, it. but anyway, his wife and his daughter are Christian, but he has nothing. He's a tough farmer guy, had nothing to do with Christianity uh, all his life. And anyway... Um, he has a family meeting as to what to do because he's not going to be long on this earth. And he says he wants Ralph to do the funeral because we're close. We ring each other every second day. We, you know, um, what size the fish. It's hard to do that over the phone. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, and I said, oh, you want me to do the funeral? Because you've got you to sort of, I don't know, it's a Holy Spirit thing. You've got to be led by the Spirit with someone like that. that Almost praying at the same time, Lord, is there a little door here? Is there, is there somewhere? So, so we're talking away about fish, and then I said, look, Bob, uh, uh, I want to see you in heaven. I, I just said it like a farmer, like a tough farmer would. Oh, oh, all right. Um, and when we go to heaven, I want to do fishing in heaven. You know what I mean? With you. Uh, catch and release, I suppose. I don't know. <laughs> Imagine gutting a fish in heaven. I don't know. How does that work? 
oh, oh all right he says uh, yeah okay and uh do you, can i pray with you i said oh, oh i suppose so you know you know and so i did over the phone and, and since that time we've had a few prayers um at distance but we've also been there and held his hand held his hand there's a touch again held his hand and, and pray and uh last time he said uh oh i could feel your prayers you know what I mean? And you're sort of feeling things through. I mean, we have our four spiritual laws or our set, set ways of trying to win a person. And it's right too, you know, people saying a prayer. But I said to him, um, Bob, did you, have you ever prayed? No. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, well, let's catch up again some other time. Bye-bye. <laughs> anyway, I, thought, I, I sent him a text talking about Daz with the phone thing. I sent him a text. I said, look, I've, look Bob, I've got an idea. Um, here's a prayer because I, I just sensed that he didn't know how to two things which is common to lots of men by the way lots of people two things is they don't know how to pray and secondly they don't think they're good enough because of all you know the, the stuff that's gone behind so I put, I put a little prayer in a text message and sent it to him and, and I, I haven't heard I'll ask him if he's ever prayed it but he said thank you so you've got you to gotta work touch is Love it. Touching with love is reaching out to a person. And I believe I'm going to see him in heaven. You know, it's quite amazing. And um, so, so touch causes people to live longer, according to research. In fact, it causes your brain to release, Anne-Marie can say it, oxytocin. Is that what, is that the, you know, okay. It's known as the bonding hormone. Okay, it can lower blood pressure. Yes, I'm going to shake hands with every one of your people because I won't need medicine anymore. Anyway, okay, it, it, it can lower the heart rate and um, cortisol levels, a hormone. It releases, listen to this, it releases a, uh, uh, what is it, a hormone that can repair the body. There is healing. We all sort of know this in a way. But there is healing in touch. Um, so it imparts value, as we said before. My next point is this. The world operates on class systems. The kingdom operates on indiscriminate compassion. Indiscriminate compassion. When I was a little kid at Wakari School in Dunedin, and up in the hills, I, yes, I was born in the South Island. I'm a Dunedinite. Um, when we're boys, we hung around each other, okay, little kids. But there was one group of people that we didn't want to go near. We just didn't want to have anything to do with them. They were called girls. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, you know, they were sort of... And I say that because it's, there's a tendency in all of us to compare or to get threatened by things that we don't understand or we... Uh, we see people that are better off than us and we get all the envious green with them. We, or we see people that aren't as good as we're doing. It could be with money. Or it could be with education. Anything. And we're always classifying things. It's a human tendency to push things away that we don't want anything to do with. It is a part of our fallen state. Uh, and of course... It flips over when you get a bit older as a young guy and you're sort of looking at girls differently <laughs> until you meet the right one. I'd better say that. I'd better say that. Okay. So 
human beings need touch, but sadly sometimes people are declared unfit to be touched. In almost every society, in every country, I mean we can look at a place like India, and I'm not picking on them, there's untouchables, it's actually by, virtually by law, you do not go near those people. And this is why Mother Teresa broke through. Love broke through. Quite amazing. Um, people gravitate towards class systems. If you were in the ancient Roman world, you would wear a toga or a gown that had a certain color on it, and it defined your class or your status and the ones that you didn't hang out with. Slaves, for example. Even free slaves, you didn't hang out with them. So it's terrible when people groups are declared untouchable by decree. And history is littered with things like ethnic cleansing. 160, get this, this is so sad. 169 million people were killed by their own governments in the last century. I can't understand those figures. Inside of us there's a beast, isn't there? We are most like a beast when we kill. We are most like men when we judge. We are most like God when we forgive. Praise the Lord. And so I was thinking about it this morning. It's called democide, um, which, is, which is governments killing their own people. Clearly when iniquity abounds, this is Matthew 24, the love of many will wax cold. We live in a love-deficient world, and I'm talking about love that goes beyond reason. It's deficient of this thing called love. And so there's a direct correlation between a degrading, deteriorating, sinful world and love being affected. It actually deteriorates this thing called love. Now, I remember hearing when people visited Eastern Bloc orphanages, they were warned not to touch a child when they went into the orphanage. Warned, don't touch them. As the kid, it could muck them up because if you touch them, you're transferring value and they want to be wanted and taken out of that place. And so the people who are running the orphanages said, don't touch them. Quite incredible. Isolation is a terrible thing. Imagine of the thought of never being touched again, never to feel the hug of a child. This is the leper's quandary. The hand of a friend grasping yours. The arm of your father over your shoulders. It's awful. In isolation, love dies. With iniquity, love dies. And we cannot be isolated from the world. And so we see Jesus deeply moved with compassion deep within. And uh, we see this leper who had this terrible disease that resulted in the loss of sensation. And I understand leprosy, some of you would know more about it than me, is an, sort of an internal disease that has external extremities um, affected. So they can lose nose, they can lose fingers because they can't, their feeling's gone. And in a way, it's a wee bit like sin. Sin's inside. And we need a saviour. <laughs> we need cleansed. We need him to touch us. Because the outworking of sin is death. The outworking of leprosy in those days 
was death. And so um, in the Old Testament, it was seen as a sign of a curse and a death sentence, actually. And so they were to, a leper was to wear torn clothes. And if they were wearing jeans, they had to have cuts in them <laughs> with little like that. <laughs> it's all right, I've got to have my fun. <laughs> I'm glad there was no one with cuts on them today to be looking at them. Um, but, and, and they would, <laughs> got to have a laugh in church, don't you? Anyway, <laughs> and their hair would, have to, would be disheveled, uh, and they cover their upper lip and cry, unclean, unclean. And they remain unclean, which is in those days till they die. Um, until they're d declared clean. But they're to live separately. If you took a leper into your house, they would destroy your house. They would burn it down. You couldn't do it. It was awful. They, lepers were not just sick. They were unclean. And that's why in Mark we read that the leper came begging and kneeling before Jesus. I had a bit of a laugh because there was one group of rabbis, actually, that were called the bleeding and bruised rabbis. Anyone ever heard of them? They decided that they couldn't even look at a woman. This was to deal with lust. Okay? So they put blindfolds over their eyes, and they walked around and bumped into buildings. and wouldn't be lampposts, I suppose, in those days, but it might be. Um, and, and into all sorts of obstacles, and they'd get bruises and bleeding and that sort of thing. And that was a sign of their purity and holiness. <sighs> things that man makes up, quite incredible. So there's, in, in finishing, because I don't want to go too long today, I just want to leave you with this whole love beyond reason, because I think it's very important. Jesus talks about yeast, and there's two meanings of yeast. One is to do with sin, but another one is to do with the kingdom. And what can happen, Thrive Church, is we have this little bit of yeast and we have massive amounts of dough, okay? That, that's how it works. But then the yeast spreads and infects and not infects. That's the wrong word. It gets into the dough and it, and it um, what's, what, infiltrates. We should have a thesaurus ready here, shouldn't we? <laughs> um, but it's like Thrive Church. You're a little bit of, and it seem, can seem overwhelming being in a church these days with everything that's going around, everything. Freedom of speech, I could, I could be on a soapbox if you want me to. But it seems overwhelming out there. But you have the kingdom of God within you. And it's a wee bit like having a tiny bit of yeast. Rangiora Thrive Church, spreading, infiltrating. Don't give up. Have hope. Just three points, and they'll last two hours, another one. The first one is love is approachable. A sign of your maturity in terms of, and I don't want to be judgy here, um, and in terms of walking with the Lord is you become, are you becoming more approachable or less approachable in your walk with Jesus? Because he was eminently approachable. That's why the leper came to him. He could have said, no, no, the law says, you know, go, buzz off. Praise the Lord. The second one is that love breaks through, and we've said it. 
It breaks barriers that nothing else can do. That's why Proverbs said, a soft answer turns away wrath. It breaks it. It breaks through. The last one, love is infectious. Love is infectious. And the way I want to, uh, the, the, the illustration that I want to leave you with today is, in a sense, the world out there is like an antique shop. There are thousands of unique, priceless, and fragile items in this shop. Beautifully crafted by the hand of God. Beautifully made by Him. And every day you and I walk through God's antique shop. And we see all these things that are around, these unique human beings that are there. And they're out there and they have a tag on them. And the tag says, priceless. There's only one thing that can purchase them. That is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you and I are agents of love. Thrive Church, you're an agent of love in this place. So the people around you, Love them unconditionally. And I know there's all sorts of objections we can have. But first, love them. Amen. Can we pray for right now? Can we just perhaps even stand together? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you reached out in this story and you touched the leper you didn't have to touch the leper you could heal from a distance but you chose Jesus to reach out and touch even microseconds before the leper was cleansed you touched him just as he was my message to you today also online and here is that you can come to Jesus just as you are if you don't know him he will accept you his love is unconditional you don't have to be cleansed first just come to him as you are this is a salvation message you are unique you are a person who's been shaped and knit together in your mother's womb by the hand of God you're a person that God loves dearly for God so loved you that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life Thank you, Father Lord. And I pray for any person here that has a, a disease or an ailment or a disability of some sort. I just pray for them right now, right across this praise, online as well. May they reach out to you. If you're willing, Jesus, you can cleanse. You can make us whole. And I pray, Father Lord, that there would be a reaching out. There would be a yearning that would come because you are eminently Bring healing, bring restoration, bring answers where there is incredible difficulty. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.